Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your number one source for the best deals on sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, and a whole lot more. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use promo code BLUESEATS for $20 off your first purchase. That's promo code BLUESEATS only at SeatGeek, the official ticketing partner of From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast. Let there be live. analysis with no punches pulled this is from the blue seats a new york rangers podcast now here's your host jimmy going on rangers fans my name is jimmy finizzi and this is from the blue seats a new york rangers podcast presented by seat geek i hope you are doing well out there make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at blue seats 94 and use the hashtag blue seats to keep the conversation going on any and all topics at hand and make sure that you subscribe on youtube and on all audio platforms and be sure to rate us five stars it would mean the world to us and make sure that you follow the Hockey Podcast Network as well on all social media platforms. So, we are halfway through the National Hockey League season already. Can you freaking believe it? I cannot believe how fast this season has gone already. It really is amazing how fast the years have gone in general over the past five years or so. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But that's beside the point. Today, we are going to do a mid-season evaluation on the New York Rangers, as we stand right now, they are in first place in the Metropolitan Division at 28-13-2 with 58 points. They are in second place in the Eastern Conference behind the Boston Bruins, and they are in the top five in the entire league, fifth to be exact, behind the Colorado Avalanche, who are fourth, Boston, who's in third, and the two surprising teams in the NHL this season, two being the Vancouver Canucks and one being the Winnipeg Jets. So. We are going to do a midseason evaluation, basically stating where this team is at, what players are doing well, what players need to step up, and what we expect for the second half of the season. But if you're on the YouTube side, you can clearly see I am not alone today. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kyle Manifold, one of the managers here at THPN. And I am joined by Rod Peterson's Lovely wife, Serena, one of the co-hosts of the Cats and Bolts podcast, which you can hear right here on this fine network. Guys, how the heck are we doing? Thank you guys for doing this with me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. This is great. Oh, of yeah, course, Serena. The pleasure is all mine. And Kyle, obviously, the pleasure, is my, the pleasure is all mine to have you on as well. What's going on, my man? 
Not too much. Just appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm always glad to help out whenever you need me. So let's get it rolling. Hey, you got you guys, you guys are welcome back anytime. But anyway, let's get into this right here. So as I mentioned, the Rangers are in first place in the Metro Division at the time of this episode. Also at the time of this episode, they are getting ready to go on a West Coast road trip starting in Vegas against the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. So it will not get any easier for the Blue Shirts in this uh, road trip here, but that will be at a later date. But as far as where I stand with this team so far, I like what I'm seeing from them. I really, really do. You know, they started out 18-4-1, an excellent start to the season. I know they've had a few bumps in the road as far as injuries. You know, they recently had a four-game losing streak, first four-game losing streak of the season. First time they've done that all year, which is really amazing if you think about it, concerning the fact that you can clearly see that even at 18-4-1, this team clearly had flaws going into the season, and they're still kind of showing. But nonetheless, this team just continues to surprise everybody in the National Hockey League. They just continue to find ways to win. And Kyle, I guess I'll start with um, with you here. What have you thought about the New York Rangers so far as we head to the second half of the season? Because me personally, I was expecting them to do well, but not this well you know I still have my doubts about them going into the playoffs this year but so far throughout this regular season you you got to be really really impressed with how this team has been doing yeah like there were a lot of questions to start before the season began right and I think the biggest one was kind of surrounding with uh, Lafreniere and just you know depending on how you know he was going to develop going into this year and you know I think I, I think what's a contract year for him anyway or uh, yeah, yeah, he, 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 he signed a two-year contract in the offseason. Right. I, I literally said it was a prove-it contract, and so far he's proven it. And that's the thing, right? It's It seems to be working well, and, um, you know, it also helps, too, especially in that division when guys like Caroline and the Devils, who were in that top three last year, just haven't, you know, been able to find reliable goaltending and, you know, other issues as well. And the Rangers kind of just did have that really hot start. And, um, you know, in their last 10, I think I'm just reading here, they're four, five, and one, you know, in their last 10. So, you know, they're playing yep. 500 hockey a little bit here. But, you know, in terms of how they started the year, like you start off hot, right? And you expect that come trade deadline and closer to when, you know, the playoffs approach that this team's just going to be rested and, and ready to go, right? So, uh, like in terms of kind of who surprised me, like I think a lot of people say Lafreniere has surprised a lot of people. Um, I want to go a different direction. I think Jonathan Quick's been phenomenal for this team yes, so far. Um, just quickly looking yeah. at his stats here, like he's got a 915 save percentage with a 2.49 goals against average. Uh, and this is backing up Shesterkin, right? So it's probably one of the bigger reasons why this Rangers team has been so good for so long. And it's because you have reliable goaltending. And we've kind of seen it all across the league when it comes to the Leafs and their goaltending issues, the Hurricanes and their goaltending issues, and the list goes on, right? Um, but it really does help when you have a guy like Shesterkin and, you know, mentioning his stats real quick, he's got a 906 save percentage with a 2.80 goals against average, and that's your starter, right? Um, so having, like, those kind of comparable stats in net really helps going, you know, in the long run. And, um, you know, in terms of, like, this top six for this Rangers team, you know, they've all proven it, you know, just looking at, the guys who are, you know, producing uh, points this year. I mean, Panarin's already at 60 points this year. You know, mm -hmm. Trocek and Zibanejad, Kreider, like the usual suspects are still there providing help for this team. And and it's proving well so far. And it's something that you hope would help going into the playoffs as well as that they can kind of keep up that consistency. Serena, what about you? What have you thought about the Rangers so far? 
Well, it's like you guys were pretty much, I think, Kyle, you hit the nail on the head with everything I was thinking. They're playing 500 hockey over their last 20 games. So their first 23 games or whatever, 18, four and one, and now they're playing 500 hockey. They lost a few, you know, they were winless in four and then they won the last couple. That's the way it's going to go. There are a ton of teams around the NHL doing that this year. Teams are just doing it at different times. It's a very bizarre year. But I watched a game earlier in which Jonathan Quick played. And I lived in California for 10 years. I watched him play live a lot. And the first thing out of my mouth was they should be starting Quick and make Shesterkin fight for that job back. Because if you have goaltenders, I don't care who's making more money. If the way Quick played, he deserves to be a starter. It's not taking anything away from Shesterkin. But as you head into the playoffs, you have to have a clarified number one goaltender. Going back and forth is great in the middle of the season, but if you don't solidify who your starter is, you're going to have a really tough go in the playoffs. And speaking about Lafreniere, to be honest, he doesn't surprise me because I watched him play junior. I think there's still more to come from him. I I agree. He's just a phenomenal hockey player. And I feel like they're weaving him in very well. And I think something's going to click. Something's going to click the way Huberto clicked with Barkoff in Florida. Something's going to click with Lafreniere. And it's just going to be explosive, but he's young. He does battle. He has battled severe injuries in the past, but I I agree with Kyle hundred percent. And I want to contribute more. Another person, another player that I feel like is really stepping up is Trocheck. Oh my God. You know, yes. When he left Florida, they were devastated here. And from what I understand, he left because of attitude problems. It was get out. You're going to Carolina where no one cares and you want to act a fool. You're leaving. And I really feel like he's, he's turned things around a lot and he's having a great year. I, I really enjoy watching him play. Yeah, Tro- Trocek's definitely been uh, – he's been worth his uh, his contract as of recently. Actually, at the time of this episode here, Trocek's got 14 goals, 29 assists, 43 points, and a plus-minus rating of plus two in 43 games played this season. He is just absolutely on fire. And, Kyle, you brought up uh, Panarin. Artemi Panarin is having probably one of the best seasons of his career so far, especially with the Rangers. He just came off playing his 400th game as a Ranger, and congratulations to him, by the way. That's amazing. And I I said, at, before the season started, I played the over-under game, and I said that Artemi Panarin has a chance to get 100 points this season. He's got 60. He's 40 away from that mark. If he hits 100 points, he should be way up higher in the Hart Trophy conversation. And it's nice, but at the end of the day, and Jimmy, you know this as of last year, when we, myself and Neil from Devil's State of Mind, were covering that series last year between the Devils and the Rangers, they were nowhere yeah, to be seen, let, let's, right? let, let's not revisit well, that again. let's be honest here for a second, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you know, you look back in the biggest game of the year for what it was for the Rangers last year, nobody showed up. It was a 4 nothing loss to the Devils. See you later, right? And I, I think for me, like in terms of the regular season and the awards, like I think for these guys – it's nice at the end of the day to get the heart trophy for Panarin if that's where it goes, but you know, they all know what the ultimate prize is at the end of the day and they need yep. to get the job done in the playoffs. And they've seen, you know, way too many teams in the past have finished number one and get knocked out in the first round. Right. And for me personally, just looking at it overall in the Eastern conference and even in the West too, 
it's anybody's game. Anybody can get hot at a really good time. Everybody's playing fairly well at this time of year. And you look at those teams who are currently in playoff contention. And, you know, we said it all last year during the playoffs. Nobody expected Florida to get all the way to the Stanley Cup final, right? Um, so I think with this Rangers team, like, you know, results matter, right? You're in New York. You play at MSG. You are that. You're a original six team. You got to prove it when it counts, right? And you can't expect this team to go into the first round this year and have another first round knockout. So I'm yeah, curious no. to see what they'll do with the deadline, but it's all willy lilly and it's nice right now. But for me with this team, you got to get the job done when it counts. Listen, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Want Vesna Trophy odds? Thatcher Demko at plus 380, Jeremy Swayman at plus 550. I would go with Thatcher Demko, but that's just me. What you want to bet on is up to you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Ford in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Yeah, we'll talk about the deadline in a little bit because I'm really curious to see what the uh, Rangers do there. But, you know, Serena, we we, we talked about it with players who need to uh, – to step up here, you know, I think that, you know, people are probably going to kill me for saying this. I know that Nick Bonino leads all forwards in blocked shots this season, but regardless, Benino really hasn't done much for me. You know, I get it. It's a one-year contract for a reason. And I said, I like the one-year contract because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you saw it with guys like Benino, Blake Wheeler, Riley Nash, and even Jonathan Quick, but Jonathan Quick seems to be the one who's proving to, that he wants to stay here and he's got at least one or two more good years left in the tank when everybody thought he was done. But that's another conversation for another day. But for me, the player that needs to step up the most the second half of the season is Nick Bonino. If he doesn't, it's obvious that he's out of there. I agree with that. I also feel just like on every other team, there are a lot of guys on your third and fourth lines that are going to make or break how you do in the playoffs. So everybody's got their top guys, right? Like we talk about the heart trophy and obviously as an Oiler fan, I mean, Connor McDavid, it was robbed mm. when Austin Matthews like, come on, really? It's a lead <laughs> thing. It's speaking of voting, right? But you know, you're not wrong there. It's, there's a lot of guys who are really, like a Nate McKinnon stands out on his team so much. But I think yeah. the thing with Panarin, he's not a flashy guy and he's not a spotlight guy. So, so Panarin's the guy that's going to squeak in and get a hundred points and everyone's going to go, 
holy crap, Panarin had a hundred points. I didn't even notice because he's, he's just a silent killer. And, you know, it's hard to believe to me that his highest goal ever season was 32. And, but he's also a different style of player for, in my opinion, for Panarin to get a hundred points, that's an appropriate amount, but it seems like almost a lot for him. Cause he, he's like, um, not the same style as a Barkov, but a Barkov is never going to get a hundred points but he's right. effective in other ways. And Panarin is such a special player, you know, but if he pulls his weight in the way he's supposed to and Trocek does and the goaltending does and all that, that's where, you know, you kind of look to the, to the playoffs and think like, what's going to happen here. It, could the Rangers be beat in the first round of the playoffs? Absolutely. Yes, they could. On, on paper, they're a great hockey team. And I love, I'm a big Glenn Sater fan. So I've always followed the Rangers. But do I want to see them win for sure? If I had to pull for anybody in the East, it's the Rangers. But I just, there's something, there's a disconnect somewhere. There's something. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's not, that is not inaccurate in any stretch of the imagination. You know, again, that's what makes me nervous is that, you know, Panarin is having an historic season. Trocek's having a great year. Zabenejad is finally starting to heat things up. Kreider is another player that needs to step up. He's been awfully quiet the past month or so. I'm very concerned about Chris Kreider's play. Igor Shesterkin, though, in my humble opinion, Serena, when you said that quick... I'm, I'm, I'll get to you in a minute, Kyle. I apologize. But, Serena, I agree with you. You know, Jonathan Quick has been nothing short of amazing. I know he's lost his last few games, but if you really look at the way he's been playing... He was carrying the team on his back. They weren't helping him at all. And the same thing goes with Igor Shosturkin. I know Shosturkin is not having a Shosturkin-type season, but even still, the team's not helping him out. And you need to ha you need to have the ability to play defense in front of your goalie and block shots. You have to clog up the zone and help them. But if you don't, doom is going to happen come playoff time. And those players that have to step up, like Panarin, when it comes to the playoffs, if that does not happen, then there will be a first-found exit. But go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. No, no. I just, I actually wanted to ask a question. Just wanted your guys' thoughts because, yeah. you know, you guys acquired Blake Wheeler this offseason. And just quickly looking at his stats through 43 games, he's only got seven goals and 10 assists. Um, is this somebody that you're kind of worried about? Or is this really the type of acquisition that they had during the offseason where, you know, he's going to really fill in a, a necessary role come playoff time. I mean, <laughs> listen, man, when it comes when it comes to Blake Wheeler, look, I like Blake Wheeler, but you know, I know a lot of Ranger fans are probably going to absolutely kill me for this. But if you can just mix and match him on a line, as a matter of fact, keep him on the line with Johnny Brzezinski. Because that last game, he seemed to have had a connection there. If you keep him on that third, fourth line, he might actually do some things. Now, look, I will say, he has not impressed me at all this season. He hasn't. Look, seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points. That really is nothing to write home about. But don't forget, the man is 38 years old. He's past the prime of his career. There's no question about it. But if you keep him on the third line with that connection with Brzezinski... I think he might have a chance to do something here. I'm not saying he's going to turn into like an MVP, MVP caliber player, but even still, he might, he might get to at least 
15 goals if he stays on that third line. That's just my opinion. I think he's capable. We've seen what he's capable of. He kind of reminds me, though, of like every time you're like, where's Patrick Kane going to go? And then what's he going to do? Right. You never know what you're going to get with Patrick Kane when he signs on here and here and here and here. Blake Wheeler yep. kind of remind me the same thing. The potential is there. You just don't know what you're going to get. And I think the thing, like with you talked about Blake Wheeler being 38, he's past his prime, whatever. I think it's just because it just went like this. Yep. He, he was like, yeah. And then it just tanked and everyone's like, what just happened? This is not what we signed up for. It just shows you that there's guys that have different dynamic on, on different teams. Exactly. And it's like a culture shock, right? When he goes all of a sudden from freezing cold Winnipeg to, you know, the big city in New York, right? It's, it's different, right? And it's going to hit different. We're, we're by different the way, and... we're by the way, it's still freezing cold, but that's what's sure. <laughs> and it's, you know, for some players, they can fit in very well. And for others, it's just different, right? And it's right. just how it is. So no, I was, I was more or less just curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. But, you know, now that we are 43 games in at the time of this episode, Rangers have started the second half already. They've won two straight games. Serena, what do you expect from this Ranger team now that the second half is underway? Do you expect more of the same thing? Do you expect them to be better? And more importantly, what do you expect from them when it comes to the playoffs? Do you think that Artemi Panarin finally breaks out of his playoff slump. What do you expect from this team in the second half in the playoffs? I honestly don't really expect anything dramatic either way. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to go back to 18 and four in their last remaining games or whatever. You know what I mean? The last next 25 games like they did at the start of the season because everyone's settling in now. Guys, legs are getting tired. People are getting blown out halfway through the season. It's it's hard. I think that they're strong enough, though, to stay steady. They're going to head into the playoffs in a good position, in a good place. And I generally don't like to predict in the playoffs because I'm. It's never. You never know what's going to happen. We're all wrong. We're all yeah, wrong. No, no. I get yeah. it. I get it. Uh, last year's playoffs were a prime example of what just happened here. And so do I think the Rangers can win a series? Yeah, of course. Um, Unfortunately, I don't really see them going a lot further. They have such like good defense though. Like if you look around the whole league, nobody has Stanley Cup caliber defense. Nobody. But the Rangers, it's not bad. It's Mm. it's pretty good. It it certainly has been better than the past decade, which I've been barking at them for years. Literally a decade about has been their defensive play, but please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I feel you. As an Oiler fan, it's the same. It's like pulling teeth every year. But <laughs> I just don't think there's a lot of good defensemen that are coming out of junior hockey or college hockey really that much anymore. It's kind of become a little different situation yeah. in that regard. But that's neither here nor there. It's just I think that. They're capable of doing something good. They have good defensemen. They have great goaltending. Whoever they decide to go with is going to be the right choice. Yes. They can't pick, they can't have a wrong choice. So, but they need to make a decision in the last probably 20 games of this. I mean, I think Shesterkin is their starter and that's fine and whatever. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't count out Jonathan Quick. I said from two months ago, the first time I saw Quick play this year, I'm like, he needs to be the starter. He needs to be going in. He's standing on his head. That guy still has spunk, and he's no spring chicken either. 
And yeah. to your point, like, I think with Shisterkin, if he ends up starting game one of the playoffs, he might be on a short leash, right? Yes. Or if, if it doesn't go well in game one, maybe even game two, they're going to pull that leash very quickly and decide to go with no question. Quick, right? And I think over the years, you started to see with a lot of other teams, a lot of goaltenders probably will be on that short leash too, right? Like, if things don't go well early on, maybe we do need to shake it up a little bit and throw this other guy in, which is so important for the Rangers because they have two goaltenders that have been very reliable for them this season. Well, plus Jonathan Quick's proven in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, you have a guy that's like watching a – He just a won a Stanley Cup last year despite not playing that much with yeah. Vegas. <laughs> he didn't what play a game. Yeah, he kind of went all over the place and then he ended up there. But it's like yeah. watching an international tournament. You only have six games. You get one starter. If they don't start and they don't do well in that first game, they're gone. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you're right. And by the way, speaking of the Rangers defense, you know, not only has Jacob Truba been an absolute wall this season with blocking shots like crazy, and shout out to the captain Jacob Truba, and he, he and his, his wife just had their first child, so congratulations to the Truba family. But Capo Caco coming back mm-hmm. is massive for them. You know, I, I understand that you know Ranger fans haven't been that high on Capo Caco, but the man got hurt and missed multiple months this season. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that Capo Caco is going to be a bust like some Ranger fans are, but him returning is massive because if you look at his style of play, his defense is severely underrated. Nobody talks about his defensive style of play. And by the way, in his second game back the other night, he scored. Mm-hmm. That is going to be massive for this team, especially entering this second half and hopefully come playoff time. Capo Caco is a huge, huge return for the Rangers. You're not going to get too many fins that are a bust. Yeah. Fins oh, yeah. And Swedes don't usually bust up. Yeah. You know, it was it was a little shock. To be honest, I'm a little shocked when I looked at, look at like Rasmus Dahlin in Buffalo. I'm, mm. He was such a stud at the world junior, such yes. a stud. And I thought, wow, Buffalo is in for a treat. And he really, maybe he just kind of hasn't come into his own. Maybe it's the environment, whatever. But I think Capo Caco is going to be the same watching him play in juniors. Like he's just so good. Yeah. Is it concerning though with Caco where he's been, he's played 22 games this year, obviously before his injury. And he's mm. only accountered for three goals. Right. I right. think it's, I'd be more or less curious with Caco and like where he really fits into this lineup once March kind of rolls around, once they start kind of figure out, okay, this is the structure that we want to use going to playoff time. You know, is it going to be a power play two kind of guy? Is he going to be a penalty kill? Like, I want to know more or less, like, what's his role going to be? Because it seems like they have a fair amount of goal scorers on this team already. I'm just more or less curious to see where he really fits into this lineup come playoff time. That's a fair point. I, I can't disagree with that, Kyle. And speaking of, speaking of March, that is when the NHL trade deadline is. So with that being said... Kyle, what do you expect the Rangers to do come the trade deadline? Do you expect them to go after another defender? Do they need another winger? Do they need a center? What do you think they need? You don't have to make a move, right? And I think there's a fair amount of teams in this league that, you know, yeah, you want to go all for it. But if you have nothing wrong with the structure and, like, you've had a good year, sometimes the teams, like, you might not need to make a 
massive splash, right? You know, if anything, I think come playoff time, it's always important to maybe grab that extra defender in the back end in case of injury, right? Because injuries are very common come playoff time anyway. So, you know, for them, it might be important to just grab an extra healthy defenseman, grab an extra bottom six guy, whatever may be to kind of help out with that cause a little bit. So, you know, with this team, I think you're not really looking for top six, you're not really looking for top four uh, D-man wise. Um, you know, goaltenders are clearly fine. I think for, if anything, you just want to make sure this team can be as healthy as possible and, and, and be ready for the worst in case there's an injury that does come up and that you need to fill that, uh, you need to fill that slot quickly. Serena, what about you? I agree completely. I think that there's no, everybody so wanting to see some big moves or whatever, if needed, but look at the Panthers last year, they weren't even in a playoff spot and they didn't make any moves. They didn't really make any big moves and look what happened. So I think they were more focused, like talking to Panthers people. It was like when they went to the Stanley cup in 96 and when they went to Stanley cup last year, the biggest thing was that they were a team. They had a team of guys, quality human beings. And I think that what's happening with the Rangers right now is they're still kind of trying to build that. Not that it's not there, but they've got the puzzle pieces in place. So why would they make a big move you know there's just no who would you trade and listen having said that i'm not a big fan of trade rumors i feel like nobody's ever right no one ever gets it right so all of a sudden yeah it's like when trocheck left here nobody saw that coming Mm. and it's just you never know what's going to happen so i don't want to say never but i don't feel like they need to i feel like they're in a good spot trade igor shesterkin for Connor mcdavid can that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of firsts I'm, to go I'm, along with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm messing around. There's no way in hell Connor McDavid is going to leave Edmonton anytime soon. And speaking of Edmonton, before we wrap up the show, Serena, you are an Oilers fan. You are from Canada. They've won 11 in a row. What are you? Uh, what are you thinking about your Oilers? Are, are they going to make the playoffs? And if so, what do you expect? The Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Okay. And. I think probably the start of the season, it felt like someone put a metal bucket over my head and was hitting me with a baseball bat. <laughs> and it was like, is this ever going to stop? Mm, like, and, and the worst part, and everybody that I've talked to here, general managers and whatever, they're like, oh, the Oilers are going to be fine. They have way too much talent to not recover from this. But every game I watched, I'm like, how did we not win that game? And here in Florida, it was like they were, they had won, I think, I want to say it was something like six or eight, eight in a row. They came to Florida, blew a two goal lead in Tampa, blew a two goal lead in Sunrise. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And they go and whatever, and they win 11 in a row now. And they have the talent. They have the talent. But kind of like what we were talking about with the defensemen, when I watched, Vegas last year here. I got to go to game four here Mm. and Vegas was by far the better team. They were, I I, I knew it because I watched the Panthers play all year and they're, they're not a Stanley cup contender. They weren't. And I see the, the things that Vegas does getting the puck out of their own end efficiently. The Florida, as my dad would say, looks like a bunch of coyotes running around because (laughs) it was just scrambling. They didn't know what to do. And Every time Vegas got the puck, they would regroup. They would go out of their own end. Everything was fine. Yeah. The thing that concerns me the most with Edmonton is they don't have the defense to do that. Yes, they're putting up points. 
Yes, that's obviously huge, but the goaltending thing has been an issue. The defensemen are, yeah. even Evan Bouchard is putting up so many points, but he's not a great defensive player. Mm. We just don't really have a lot of great defensemen. So, you know, yeah, they're going to make playoffs for sure. They're strong. They're, they should be a contending team. Yeah. Realistic. Uh, what about you? Yeah. What do you think? I'm more or less curious at what they'll do with the deadline. And maybe, you know, Serena, I would like your thoughts on it too, because you, you said it exactly. Like for me, the biggest issue is, you know, defensively outside of maybe Evan Bouchard and, and maybe at home too, who I think has played well as of late in this, in this stretch. Um, you know, where, like, is it important for them if you feel like they don't add a goaltender at the deadline or maybe some pieces on that back end on defense? You know, how concerned are you going to be going into the playoffs if, if they happen to lock down a spot? I don't think there's really much we can do about the goaltending. You know, I think we're in a spot. There's just nothing. Who are they going to get? Right. And yeah. when I watched in 2006, when they went to the Stanley cup final, they, um, they were playing their backup goaltender through the whole playoffs and they almost won. It should have won. And it wasn't goaltending. Wasn't a thing. So, you know, realistically teams can win the Stanley cup without a super, super strong goaltender. It just depends how hot they are. But last year. Yep, exactly. But Borofsky was the only reason Florida was where they were last year. And everybody knows it. Well, well, no, what, what, what? I wouldn't say only him and Matthew Kachuk were on fire. You got to give Kachuk credit too. Yeah, I'll never give Kachuk credit for anything. A and B, <laughs> no, like Kachuk is a as a team guy. They like him in the dressing room. He's a good he's a good team player. Um, and you know it's funny being in Florida because people they watch the Panthers and they're Panthers fans, but they're not huge hockey fans. Right. So like, oh yeah, but all these players were hurt. I'm like, everyone's hurt in the playoffs. You can't. Sorry, boo. Like Leon Dreisaitl was playing on a broken ankle, or like yep. I'm like you can't. It everybody's hurt. You, you had you had Barclay Goodrell this year playing with part of his jaw missing. Yes. Are you, what are we talking no. about here? Yeah. So it, it's like you know uh, Bobrovsky was the reason. Like he just stood on his head, and so everybody's like, "What Bobrovsky are we gonna get over the next forty yep. games?" Because it can go either it's one or the other. Um, but as far as, you know, the Oilers or any other team making any moves, I don't really know who, because I mean, I think the biggest question and not that I expect him to get traded, but the biggest drama around contracts is Steve Stamkos. Mm. Like, they would be insane to trade him. They, they won't. But, no. you know, that's, I can't really think of too many other guys who are like, oh, something's got to happen. Their GM said, I think, that, that Stamkos wasn't going to get moved regardless. Oh, sure. Of that, right? or, yeah, he just I, I, I was gonna, if, if they trade Steven Stamkos, you're basically waving the white flag on the season saying it's over. Yeah, well, they won't. They won't. But it just – I like, for a comparison purposes, there's not really too many other guys that are, like, coming to that point in their contracts right now or play, teams that want to pick up – like, if you look back – I, if it was me, if I was a general manager, I would be super gun shy looking at the Kachuk Huberto trade mm, because yeah. everybody that went the complete opposite of what everyone thought it was going yep. to. And look at yep. Huberto's tied up, I think, $10.5 million or something. Like everyone's going, wait a second, do I want to pick up a guy that I don't know how he's going to be? 
So if nobody's really willing to juggle anything, like, you know, it's like Anaheim and San Jose are in the bottom of the league. Like, are they really, they don't really have anybody to trade. They're not going to, you know, and teams like the Rangers are kind of still in a good spot. Boston in a great position. They're not going to trade anybody. The Panthers, it would be suicide if the Panthers traded somebody. Mm. Although I kept hearing rumors that apparently the Rangers have been linked to Trevor Zegers. And I'm saying there's no way in hell that is going to happen. No way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. You never know because, listen, Anaheim, they have to decide who they want to build their franchise around now. That's and fair. once they lost Ryan Getzlaff, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? Who are we going to put our stock into? Maybe they've decided it's – if it, listen – from my standpoint, if it's not Trevor Zegras yet, it's never going to be Trevor Zegras. That's, he that's fair. He hasn't that's fair. done shit. Like, yeah. not in my opinion. They've only won 15 games this year. Yep. And they have some pretty talented guys, some players that they've drafted, like Mason McTavish coming out of junior, like guys that are good hockey players. Yeah, if, if anybody makes a trade, I feel like it'll be somebody bizarre like the Kings who were doing great and now they've tanked like the last eight games in a row. Yep. Maybe yep. something like right. that to shake them up a little bit, but the Rangers getting Zegers would be a great fit for them. Absolutely. It, it would. That's interesting. It would. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's interesting I, with the Kings, actually, before you quickly mention, sorry to cut you off. No, no, like, no, go, go, go I ahead. I didn't even realize it, but they're one, five, and four in their last 10 games. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. all of a sudden, Edmonton's knocking on the door for that three seed. So, you might be right, actually. That's that's interesting. I didn't really pay attention to that. Well, yeah. Edmonton's going like this, and the Kings are going like this, and Edmonton's still three points behind them. I, but, I was gonna I was gonna say at, at the time of this episode, the Oilers are in fourth place in the Pacific at 24, 15 and one, one point behind the Kings who are currently yeah, in so. the Pacific. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 always hard to say like what's gonna happen. Like people always ask me, like. Who's going to who's gonna finish in the top of the league? I don't know. And to be honest, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? Go ahead, have the president's trophy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, that literally, who finishes on top of the league does not matter because they tend to do trash in the playoffs sometimes anyway. So it really doesn't matter who finishes at the top. Yeah. You could literally finish. You could be like the Florida Panthers were. They were, they were an eighth seed, a second wildcard team, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. The Boston Bruins were at the top of the league last year, and they crapped the bed against that St. Panthers team. So you can't tell me that, oh, the, the first in the league is the best team. Not necessarily all the time, people. I think what's really interesting when you look at it like this, because I heard it all from down here. So every all the Panthers fans thought, because Boston had the greatest record of all time last year, they all thought, that made the Panthers better because they beat Boston. I'm like, yep. it doesn't work like that. Like hockey's a weird thing. That's why there's a seven game series. It's not like football where there's one game. So you never know what's going to happen. And, but the Panthers don't need a shakeup. But if I look at someone like the Kings, they probably need a shakeup. A team like Washington, if I was them, I would get rid of somebody because they're tanking hard and they've got like one last chance to get somebody for somebody, you know, they've held on to guys for a long time. And I said that at the start of this year, 
this is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning's last kick at the can for a long time because they're going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins of 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I I literally said that same thing about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I thought I think this is their last chance too with that with that core of Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. I think this is it for them. I just don't even think they have a chance to be honest, and mm. that's what, how I feel about Tampa because you hold on to those guys, but I don't have a problem with teams being loyal to their players. But you no, hold no, on, of course, hold on to these guys, and then you just get to the point where you're like, you're not going to probably not going to win another Stanley Cup. There's younger, faster teams like the Rangers. Coming, but New Jersey, holy man, are they fast? Wow, they knocked my socks off the other night. They dominated the Panthers, dominated. But you know, it's it's they're so fast. The the Panthers have a hard time with teams that are fast. Their Panthers are gritty, whatever. But even the Kings were here. The Kings should have beat them. Yeah, Kings, Kings play well. They come out of their own end with the puck. Well, they don't make any mistakes. And they just had terrible luck that night. Hundred percent, hundred percent right. I, 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 I have no arguments there, nor do I want to argue with something like that. But anyway, that is beside the point. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of From the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your number one source for the best deals on sporting events concerts, comedy shows, and a whole lot more. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use promo code BLUESEATS for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Kyle, Serena, this was such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for hopping on with me. And Serena, before we let you go, how can people find out more about the Cats and Bolts podcast with your husband, Rod? So we do the Cats and Bolts podcast. The episodes usually come out Thursdays. It's just Cats, C-A-T-S-N, Bolts. And we try to talk, you know, as much Tampa as we can. But if we have a Panthers guest, you know, because they're local, we talk a little bit more. But there's always a lot of opinionated stuff from me on there. This is my first time with you. <laughs> held back a little. But if you want to see some sass, you can go check that out. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Kyle, well, Kyle's basically all over the map at this point. But that's another discussion for another day. But no, yeah. no seriousness, guys. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. You guys are always welcome back anytime you want. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Go subscribe to the Cats and Bolts podcast right here on this fine network. And please be sure you follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media as well. Again, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you enjoyed this content, make sure you smash that like button on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube and on all audio platforms. And please rate us five stars. It would mean the world to us. I want to hear from you. What do you expect from the Rangers the second half of the year? And do you expect them to make a move at the trade deadline. Let us know on social media at BlueSeats94. Use hashtag BlueSeats. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below and keep the conversation going. Until the next episode, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is from the Blue Seats, a New York Rangers podcast. Go Blue Shirts, and I'll catch you next time. Peace!